On this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are talking more draft prospects. This week, we are going over the safeties. Who's a big, big position? Uh, we got you. Got to assume at least that this is where the Patriots going to be looking. Uh, hopefully early and perhaps even often during the draft and certainly this offseason. So uh, safeties, a lot of good safeties out there. So it's a good conversation there. We do start with a Tom Brady conversation too, because that's the topic of conversation on everyone's mind right now. So anyways, we start there. We start with Brady and with safeties. It's a great conversation. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Bags, we're back, and uh, as I said, we're starting off with, with a little Tom Brady conversation, man. It's uh, we're talking about this off air. It, it's yeah, right. It, man, it just sucks. It just sucks. It right sucks. Now. And the, and the reason, like, kind of, we were rambling on about it. We were kind of going back and forth, and you know, we we're obviously like, we should record this because I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, and I know I, I I talked to you about it. I was twelve, just turning thirteen, when LeBron James. Made then, and the reason I reference LeBron James is because Tom Brady is the most high-profiled free agent since then. Okay, maybe you make Kevin Durant one, but no, it's Tom. Tom Brady is the most high-profiled free agent out there since the LeBron James decision. Right. Thing that I found so intriguing and frustrating at the same time is that since the LeBron James, like we we like obviously, like I said, I referenced my age because I don't know the whole backstory before that. I obviously didn't follow it as much and wasn't, you know, so much tied into it as I am now, but we have no idea where this guy's going. And in the world we live in, obviously it's grown since when was that? 2010. Like it's so frustrating and, and, and honestly impressive on Brady's camp and his side that we have no idea where this guy's going. Like not even a leak, like Schefter Rappaport's been throwing reports out there of the 30 plus million, but both sides have came out and said, you know, that, that that's false. And like, there's just been no news, no positive, no negative news surrounding him. And I just, it's, that's the most frustrating part is that you don't even have a clue that God forbid he does go somewhere else. A lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure you are going to be completely blindsided because it's like, it just happened. We didn't have any lead up to it. And right. like I said, maybe this is maybe this has happened, maybe this will happen, and and you know, like I said, they this could happen during the combine, and he truly doesn't know where he's going to go, and he'll start taking meetings, and things will start leaking, and, and pictures of him at the stadium, whatever. But at least for the last month and a half or so, really since the game, like we haven't heard anything, and it's so it's so frustrating but impressive at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and you're totally right. And you, know, when the decision happened, right? I mean, people, people will remember nobody had any idea what LeBron was going to do. I mean, for God's sake, LeBron did it in Cleveland with a bunch of kids from, 
you know, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Cleveland or whatever. And like right in their faces, like I'm going to South Beach. And it's like, bro, what, what are you doing? Like, I know he's trying to do something for the kids, but like maybe not the right time to do it. You know what I mean? It's saying, hey, I'm, I'm leaving your city to go somewhere else. It's just stupid. But nevertheless, and of course, like I'm taking my talents to South Beach, you know, became a um, became kind of a household phrase. And, and people yeah, use it left and right here and there. But and. But like, did you, did we hear about, and like I said, I was so young then that like, I don't mm-hmm. really remember the whole backstory. Obviously I watched the whole decision with a few of my buddies and I remember the whole, you know, talents of South Beach and not to relate Tom Brady to LeBron, but I think it's an interesting comparison because like I said, they're the two most high profiled free agents that we've seen at least in the last 20 right. years. And I just don't remember from that situation, whether or not LeBron was, you had little clues of him. Oh, maybe he will go to Miami. I know. He had like a final three or whatever, maybe, but like Brady, we actually have no idea. It's Vegas one day, it's Chargers, Titans. Right. He's staying in New England. Like no one even has some sort of clue. And it's Adam Schefter and Ian Rapport, Jay Glazer, so good at their job, great insiders. Like they don't even have an they idea. Have yeah, they'll drop little cues yeah. here and there, but they 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 have nothing that's set in stone. And that that's what I think is so impressive and like I said, intriguing and frustrating all at the same time. Well, and you can see what's interesting about it. And I think, you know, the, the reports came out about Tennessee uh, this week and, and that, that uh, was alarming to me because I think anyone with a brain looks at the Raiders and looks at the Chargers and says, there's just, there's no reason that he would ever go there. And I think the big thing for me, it's what's, what's really, really simple <laughs> to me, but what's really simple to me is, is that he wants to win, right? He's not going anywhere for the money. Okay. So take the Chargers and you take the, and you take the um and you take the Raiders, and I know he's got to play the Chiefs no matter what, right? The Patriots playing the Chiefs this year; they're going to play the Chiefs probably pretty much every year, as long assuming that the Patriots win the division. And so you got to get through the Chiefs no matter what. But you, now you're talking about playing in the Chiefs division, so now you're playing the Chiefs two times a year, and you're playing in Mile High, which he's terrible at. Anyways, he's been he's been terrible at that his, his whole career, and now you're saying you have to not only do you have to beat the Chiefs. But now you have to win the division. You have to beat the Chiefs' division. So you have to have a finish with a better record than them so that you can win the division. That, to me, just seems unlikely. I don't think either of those teams can be talking about being a wildcard team, automatically being a wildcard team, and not being a wildcard team like the Patriots were this year where they at least won home game. You could be a wildcard team as the five seed and never have a home game for an entire playoffs run. And you're talking about the, the last two or three years of your career and you're going to go play against the Chiefs. I just, I, I don't get it. And so those to me don't make any sense. I think the best two spots for him are here in Tennessee. So now reports are coming out about Tennessee. And listen, you were on it and you said that that he was, that Giselle was down in Tennessee. People refuted that claim. It's a fact. It's a fact. Okay. And and I know that you, I know you're right about that. And, and he denied <laughs> it. And everyone came out and said that that's not true and everything else. But it doesn't matter what people said. He, you believe me, Pat. I appreciate that. I, I do, that. and I know, I know, I know your <laughs> yeah. sources, and we I won't know get into it. So, why? But like, right. It was. It's in stone. It's in right. Yeah, yeah. And so that's. I know your sources. I know it's legit. So like, that's fine. People can say whatever they want. But the fact is that she was down there. He wasn't. She was. So fine. Okay. No big deal. But what worries me now about the chatter coming out about Tennessee is that it's legit. So now, to me, it's it's a legitimate spot. Tennessee and New England are the only two places. So the only place I think you can lose him to is Tennessee. Well, now there's all of a sudden this buzz coming out about Tennessee, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. 
Like as soon as those big name guys start dropping to Tennessee, you, oh, maybe Tennessee is more of a oh well, you think Tennessee's more of an option than we thought, you idiots. That's the only other option other than New England. But now that they're talking about it, that tells me that someone in the Brady camp is floating that out to them because they were floating, I'm sure. They were floating Raiders and they were floating Chargers, even though there was never a chance he was going to the Raiders or Chargers. But now that they're hearing Titans, that starts to worry me because now I'm like, okay, that's actually a legitimate contender that he could go to. That's it. I I don't want to say an easy division, but come on. It's a pretty easy division. Okay. He can beat the Colts with that team. He can beat Jacksonville with that team. He can beat Houston with that team. You go one and one, and Houston's always good for a lot. Like we could dive into this all we want. But like you said, for him to win, it's here or Tennessee. Like he'd have success there. He needs the assuming they keep Henry and all that. Right. He needs the two seed, in my opinion. And so if he can get the one seed, great. But he needs the two seed. And so you can get the two seed for New England. You can get the two seed from Tennessee. Those are the only two spots you can get it from. And so it's like, okay, great. Then you got to go into mile high on the AFC championship game and you got to win. Okay. Hey, it can happen. It's happened before. So what the hell, you know, but at least you give yourself an opportunity to get there. Maybe someone gets hurt. Maybe the chiefs lose who the hell knows what happens, right? It's one game. You have an opportunity to do that. You talk about going on the road in three games. That's stupid. It's not going to happen. And so that's why you throw out those AFC West teams. Tennessee's a legitimate contender and I'm nervous about it. I'm, I'm extremely nervous about it. And, uh, you know, it's tough. I will say, Spags, for me, I think the Patriots, it'll be the Patriots' decision to make. Unless unless Tennessee says we're giving you three years, $90 million guaranteed, and, and the Patriots say, hey, look, we can give you two, but we can't give you three. And Tom says, all right, I'm going with three. You know, and unless that happens, then I can look at it and say, okay, look, what are you going to do? They gave him three years, fully guaranteed. Like, the Patriots can't commit to that, and I understand that. But I'm going to be really, really upset at Bill Belichick if he passes on keeping Tom Brady and does years. anything right. And does, first of all, for two years, I think is stupid. If he, There's no reason not to keep him for the next two years. But if he does anything other than roll with Jared Stidham, I'm going to be extremely upset. If he signs like Ryan Tannehill or even Teddy Bridgewater or someone that isn't the guy. Like, and what the, are we yeah. doing? That's just, and I had that, and I I hate to, we talked about this a few episodes ago. We weren't going to do this, but I, like I said, I it's know. interesting and it's, it's so hard not to talk about it. It really yeah. is. And I can't stand seeing the freaking Brady shit out there. But when we were talking pre-show about the whole free agency thing, it, it obviously starts a conversation and I, I guess I'll leave it at this and we can kind of go from there. I'll let you talk about it too, but it it will feel weird and it just doesn't feel right. I know you said you don't want them to do nothing and bring in Jared Stidham, like start him. It would just feel so weird for Bill Belichick and us as fans to root for, you know, Tom Brady's elsewhere. He goes somewhere else. They bring in a Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. It would feel weird whether they win or not. It's like, whoa. Like I would, if Jared Stidham's a quarterback or a kid they draft, they move up and draft a quarterback or rookie quarterback. It's like, all right, like he's homegrown to an extent, right? You know, it, he he didn't play anywhere elsewhere, but you bring in a veteran guy who's you know kind of a journeyman quarterback. A lot of those guys out there that are available to sign are journeymen. That's when it's mm-hmm. just like, what are we doing here? And th- we're so spoiled to even be like having this conversation and say like that is such a waste of time and and like it it just wouldn't make much sense to me. But it's Brady or or Stidham or draft for me. Like that that's where right. I'm at. I don't want to root for. A Ryan Tannehill on a two-year deal or a Teddy Bridgewater, no disrespect to them. It just 
wouldn't feel right. No, and that's, I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred percent. I just think it makes sense. It, you know, if, if Belichick says we're going to move on and we're going to try to find the next guy and we think maybe Jared Stidham is that next guy and we're, I'm not willing to pay two years, $60 million for Tom Brady. Now, do I think that's a mistake not paying Tom Brady two years, $60 million? I do. I, I absolutely do. Absolutely. But I, I can live with that decision because it's Bill Belichick and because he's the one making the decision. I can live with that decision from him if his rationale is, I think Stidham is the next guy. He might not be ready this year, but he might be ready next year. And I think he will be ready next year if that's what he thinks. Okay, so he's going to struggle this year, and I know he's going to struggle this year, but he'll be ready next year. And so, you know, and so I'm not going to bring anyone else in. I'm going to draft, you know, a, a late round quarterback or bring in a journeyman quarterback to be his backup, not to compete for the starting role. I'm going to bring someone in specifically to back him up because he's our guy. Then I can look at it and say, okay, Bill made the decision that Stidham, that he wanted to move on from, from to Stidham and he wanted to do it next year, but he decided that I'm not paying the money to, yeah. you know, to bring Brady back. And I think that's such a long shot, but it, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I don't, I like, right. is he the guy who knows? Like, that's another thing right. too. I mean, that's the thing. We have I mean, no idea what Jared Stidham, like what they think of right. him. Like, it's just so, it's so intriguing, but that anyways, that's, that's our anyways. spiel of the Brady talk. Yep. I think we'll know it's going to be a long couple weeks. It's been a long, March 18th. long off season. I've been saying all we'll along March 18th, 18th, but, but the thing is, is that the more I think about it, the more I think, well, maybe it could go past March 18th. Maybe they could say to Tom, listen, we'll take the extra cap hit and then we'll give you a backloaded deal and, you know, and sign you after the, after the thing, but you know, who the heck knows, but I, I just, they're so good at I the got, cap that we can't really yeah. worry about that, but I know right. what you're saying. It's going to be, it's been a long off season, obviously with yeah. the early exit, early exit since 2009, 10, whatever it was. Yeah. And then this on top of it, it's, it's been so, so There's frustrating, so, much. so long, it's well, just so, so much it's, going on, so many what ifs and uh, right. And, just, and wanna, look at the whole roster turning over and Skarnecki is gone. There. And it's like, yeah. So uh, I mean, this Agreed. is going to happen eventually, but it's, we're moving on and we're moving on to our draft talk now. Yes, we are continuing with safeties, which it's start of a new era. We're drafting new guys, new young guys, I bring know. them in. I guess that's a good little segue. Uh, we'll be yep. talking about some safeties. Uh, we kind of went back and forth whether we should talk about all defensive backs, but I think uh, at the cornerback position, they're pretty much set, obviously, with a lot of guys under control which means next year. Which means they'll probably draft someone in the top three rounds. In the second, yeah, because yeah. Why wouldn't they? Absolutely. Um, but. <laughs> You know, Gilmore Jones, um, yeah, JC Jackson, who knows what Jason McCordy does, but right. uh, and then obviously Jawan Williams, uh, you know, who knows what that too. But, um, we thought safety just because I think it's an interesting position, I think it's in a position where they could go early, mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot. I mean, there's two safeties that both of us will talk about. I'll talk about Xavier McKinney in a minute, Pat will talk about Grant Delpit. Uh, there's some good safety talent at the top of the draft, um. You know, specifically in the first two rounds, obviously not having a second round pick affects that. And it's an aging position. Devin McCourty, right. you still don't know another one of his future. We really don't know about Patrick mm -hmm. Chung. Great at his job. Great what he does. You've seen him get the injuries hindering him. He's getting old. Deron Harmon's getting up there. Uh, geez, Nate Ebner, obviously special teamer. I'm missing someone too. Who am I missing? God forgive me. Uh, uh, Chung, Brooks. McCourty. Yep. And Ter I'm Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks. Sorry. Um, 
That's a it, you know, I mean, Brooks, the Celtics, old Celtics guards. But I mean, he, yeah, he's kind of a plug. <laughs> like he came over, was a special team for the Jets, played well in yeah. spurts with yeah. us. But it's an aging position, put it that way. And and I think they need a you know Belichick values his safeties, especially in that defense. Oh, uh, they yeah. can do so much. He wants versatile safeties who can play in the box. You know, play single high. A lot of those guys, and I think there's some guys in the draft that are very intriguing here. So, without further ado, I guess I'll let you take away your first guy here, Pat. All right. So I guess first, I'm I'm gonna save him to the end. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Delpit Grant Delpit from LSU, six three two zero one. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, this freaking kid, dude. I I just anyone that watched, even if you just watched the 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 national championship game, you'd like, whoa. This kid's a stud. He is just a stud. He flies. He's a ball hawk. He's just, and he's super physical, like super, super physical, really impressive kid. Now, the one, the one kind of question mark with him is his tackling isn't great. And it's interesting because he's so physical that you would think his tackling would be like unbelievable. And his tackling isn't great. Now, it got a lot better this year than it was last year. But even still, there are some question marks about his tackling, but Overall, from a physicality standpoint, you talk about, you know, 6'3", he's got you know, he's got great wingspan, like able to disrupt a lot of passes and whatnot. Um, would really, really be an impact player uh, in the secondary. I think a little bit different than what they normally go after in a safety, what they've gone after in the past in a safety, but he'd be a hell of a lot of fun to watch in a Patriots uniform, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, I broke him down about a week ago. To me, he's the best safety in the draft, and that's no disrespect yeah. to Xavier McKinney because I think he's great too. Uh, but he's versatile, plays extremely hard, high football IQ, um, you know, gets downhill in a hurry. I mean, he's a guy who can play in the box, played some man, covered slot receivers, can run, you know, toe-to-toe with anybody. And I think, you know, when you look at a New England safety, and this is similar to Xavier McKinney, which I'll get into, it's, it's one of those guys that, that would just fit here. You know, like I yeah. said, extremely dangerous as a blitzer. Gets downhill. Um, strong communicator, a leader out there. Great pre-snap. Can play in both man and zone. You know, I, I just think it's a it's a, an opportunity if he's there at 23, which I think he will be, um, assuming I, I see a lot of mocks to him in, at Dallas, which means it won't happen. Um, right. So yeah. I think it's an opportunity there where you can add an immediate playmaker at the position. As far as his tackling ability goes, I know he was hindered a lot this year with ankle, hamstrings, kind of plays that physical game where like a Pat Chung, right. he's going to get banged up. He's in on every play. He's downhill. He's, he's all around the ball. I mean, this is what you want in a safety. And I do think the tackling ability, because it's been kind of carrying him his whole career at LSU, is a little bit of a red flag. But I think healthy and in the right system, it, it, it kind of, you know, that elite level coaching you get in New England, I think they'll be able to work with that because his tools and skill sets just off the charts. Well, and that's the other part of it, right? Is that you say, okay, if his, if his biggest concern is tackling, but it's not because of a lack of physicality, it's almost like the technique just isn't there. What's like, well, okay, if he's playing downhill and he's hitting people like crazy and he just doesn't wrap up very well, well, like that's a pretty easy fix you know, for, for a coaching staff that is, is as good as the Patriots coaching staff is. So I think when you look at it and say he has everything else, except his tackling is so, so at some points it's like, well, okay, like we can, we can work with that. You know what I mean? So uh, he's definitely number one on my board. If I'm, you know, if I'm talking about safeties, he's number one for me. I'd love to see them take this kid at 23. I I'm with actually a lot of people that I think they might actually trade out of 23. Um, yeah. I think but so he's too. one of those kids that if he's there, 
I kind of hope they don't because I'd love to, I'd love to see them bring this kid in and, and that might mean that Devin McCourty's gone, which I wouldn't be happy about, but you know, I, I really like to see Delbert in a Patriots uniform. I agree with you. And another guy that I think is a great pick at 23, because I think that's the only place he'll be is, is late first, early second, Xavier McKinney. I just mentioned out of Alabama, six, one, two, 10, extremely high football IQ plays hard, fast, hunt the ball in all phases of the game. It's a true do it all. It's super versatile. Um, and just another player who fits so well here, uh, consistently makes plays, gets downhill in a hurry, uh, great tackler in the open field, and, and Saban used him in all all types of coverages. Like I said, he played single high. He took you know the the, the receiver out of the slot, man to man. Like this guy's all over the ball. Uh, like I said, super super versatile, playing in the box, slaughter deep, just consistently made plays. And I think one of just just the ability to play with a high motor and super high competitive level is another guy which makes him so intriguing here. And another guy that I think. You know, if if he takes if Bill takes him here, and I know it's the Cyrus Jones doesn't really back my point up, but you saw the documentary how Saban talked to Belichick, and they go, I a lot of these guys draft players, and they don't even talk to me. Like I, I I'm honest with with coaches and, and scouts, like what I think about a player, and and Bill Bill values Saban's opinion. So I think if that's a guy that's there. Um, they, they think extremely high of him. And I think he's a guy who can come in day one and consistently make plays. Agreed. And again, another guy, now this time he is a solid tackler. Another guy with a high football IQ, like you said, you know, and comes from a program when you're like, okay, it's, it's Strong, Alabama, man. you know, the deal. And, yeah. and, you know, I guess his deep range has been, has been, you know, a little bit, but honestly, like I'm not, I'm not as worried about him again. He's another guy. At 23, if you're taking McKinney or Delpit, I'm happy, right? And again, because you need that spot. And so um, he's another beast, another beast that I would that I would like to see. And the physicality to me, I just love that when those guys play with that edge and you see them flying around the football and just killing people, you're like, oh my God, that's like old school football. It just like, it's just, it just, it gives me a, a good old, Good old football wood. You know what I mean? And that's just, he's downhill. He's fast. He's physical. He's fun to watch. He really is. 100%. Agreed. So I'm going to talk a little, a guy who's a little bit off the radar. Well, I shouldn't say off the radar because he's been on the radar, but uh, D2 school guy, Kyle Duggar is his name from Lenore Ryan. Lenore Ryan. Yep. Bro, 6'1, 217. This kid is an athlete. Now, the thing for me, right, when you watch film, of a kid that playing playing a you know level like him, you want to see a guy that just physically dominates everyone that he's playing because clearly he's playing against lesser competition, right? You talk about the NFL compared to where he's playing, it's like you know he might as, it's like you know it's like playing on the freshman team compared to playing on the on the varsity team. You know, it's not even close. And so you look at it and just say, okay, this kid better be dominating everyone. And he is, you, you throw his film on and you're like, Oh my God, this kid is bigger than everyone. He's stronger than everyone. He's faster than everyone. And he is just an absolute athlete. He's wicked raw. He doesn't have a ton. You know, he's, he's pretty good like skills wise, but he's just very, very raw, but the potential is there. It's exciting when you watch this kid, man. And he said, he said, he's going to the combine. He said, he thinks he can run a four, three. That's what he said. He goes, I know I can run a 4-3. I'm going to see what I can do with the combine. If this kid shows up at the combine and runs a 4-3 as a 6-1 safety, 
with the type of wood that this kid brings, man, I mean, it's going to get really interesting as to where he's going to go. You know, you remember um, Byron Jones from Connecticut where everyone was like, oh, you know, we'll see where he gets taken or whatever. And he does that like 11 foot broad jump or something stupid like that. Runs the hell out, runs super fast. And the Cowboys take him in the first round. This kid could be that type of kid where he just blows everything out of the water at the combine. And they're like, okay, this kid. And and he could go first, second round. I mean, it's, it's an, he's an interesting guy to me. And I wish he was a little bit more off the radar for the Patriots because they're not going to take a guy like this. Who's not polished early, but he's just, he's an interesting cat that I think could really provide something in the future. Yeah, I haven't watched him, so obviously can't get too, too much in depth. I know he's a six-ranked safety on the draft network who's really good with their rankings. Yeah. But for me personally, like, it's great to see that D2 guy and, right. you know, with as much confidence as him. And, you know, that's awesome getting, getting you know, the recognition he has. I mean, he's ahead of some big names. Brandon Jones out of Texas ahead of him. Vaughn Wallace out of Clemson. Like, there's some good players on that list that he's ranked ahead of. Um, so I'll definitely have to check him out. I know, like I said, it, it's awesome to see. You don't have to go to the Power Five schools. You don't have to go D one yeah. to get seen. And this kid's gonna be making a lot of money in a few months. So props to him. That's awesome. Uh, Bro, another guy I want to talk about. Hold on, Spags. I'm sorry. This kid didn't start. Go ahead. Go he ahead. did not start in high school until he was a senior. He was playing JV as a junior, and he started. He it's didn't Patriot start until his senior year, and he and he started both ways senior year. It was like crazy. So hey, you never know. You never know. Uh, so for me, I'm going to talk about safety. Antoine Will- Winfield Jr., a redshirt sophomore out of Minnesota, really a senior, missed two years, uh, sophomore and junior year due to injuries. That's kind of the one concern on him is, mm-hmm. is can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? But great ball skills, very in- instinctive, another versatile type safety. He played a ton of man versus tight ends and, and did very well, which I think is great. He's a little undersized, uh, can play in the box and stop the run, flies around loves to get physical you watch his tape he's laying the boomstick on a lot of dudes and another fun player to watch um one thing that really sticks out about him is his motor uh gets downhill early gets involved in the run game great tackler can come off the edge super super instinctive and fast uh super athletic uh sees the field really really well can break on the ball up there with top safeties in the draft with a delpit with a mckinney with an ashton davis uh, he plays much, much bigger than his size. 85 tackles and seven picks this season in the Big Ten. No joke of a conference. Like yep. I said, great tracking skills. Puts him in, you know, always seems like he's in great position. Can get back and get up, get downhill. Uh, his dad was actually a Thorpey Award winner. who played 14 seasons in the league. So uh, it runs in the family. This is a dude who is probably a second, third round pick. A little, uh, little on the older side, but you're getting a super mature and polished player with this pick. I think it's a guy that w- would fit another, another guy who can fit well here. Cause like I say, can play so all over the place excels in a lot of different coverages. Why? Well, and I think the, the thing that he has, not, not that he's going for him, but the thing that, that helps out the Patriots when you're looking at a guy like Winfield is that he doesn't have the elite physicals. So his combine numbers aren't going to be amazing. They're not going to blow you away. And so he's not going to have that. And a lot of people are going to look at that and say, oh, well, he's not super fast, so we can't use him. You know, a lot of stupid, there's a lot of stupid organizations out there. So they look at him and say, oh, he runs a, you know, four, six or whatever. And then, ah, he's too slow. And it's like, well, actually, he's got like a great football IQ and great ball skills and everything else. And so the Patriots don't necessarily need that elite athleticism to play safety in their in their system. And so I think that that's something that could help him 
for Patriots wise, at least drop to that second, third, you know, that third round spot where they can, where they can take them. So I agree with you. So uh, my last one, my last one is, I think, in my opinion, I think the, the most likely to be a Patriot. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, his name is Kayvon Walsh. You mentioned him already. He's from Clemson, 5'11", just about 200 pounds. Another guy, super, not super athletic. Decently, pretty, pretty athletic, but not super, super athlete. Okay. Great football IQ, super high football IQ. And he played all over the field for Clemson. He played everywhere. You want to play linebacker, he played linebacker. You want to rush on the outside, he rushed on the outside. You want to play slot corner, he played slot corner. You want to play deep safety, he played so good. Not to cut you off, but that's what's so good about Clemson players, man. They're so Mm -hmm. versatile. Dabo does a great job with getting the most out of his players, putting them in different spots. Like, look at Isaiah Simmons. That guy lined up as a slot corner, outside corner, safety, (laughs) linebacker, freaking the guy played D-tackle for like eight snaps this year. He plays everywhere. Those Clemson guys, when they come in, they can play anywhere. Right, hundred percent, and that's and that's exactly what I like about Wallace a lot. Um, you know, you watch you watch film of him, and you're like, where the hell is he? Like, you just don't. He just he's all over the place, and you're just like, wait, he's there this time? You just so it's hard to even find him. But the one thing I like about him is that, you know, like I said, he's got the high IQ, and and I like that a lot. Again, doesn't have the top elite speed, and so people look at that as a red flag, where it's like, okay. He doesn't have that elite speed, but he's instinctive. He's got pretty good ball skills, you know, and, and he's a good, he's a pretty solid tackler. And so I like this kid a lot. Um, you know, I just, I like him a lot. I really do. And so I just, I find that, you know, I find that really interesting. And he's a guy that, again, you talk about draft network, you know, he's, he's what, like, I don't even know, 10th on their ninth, 10th on their list or something like that. As far as safeties are concerned. But and he's like one thirteen overall, so like he's pretty he's pretty far down on their list. But to me, he's a guy that the Patriots could target in the fourth, fifth round, somewhere around there, and could be a guy that can you can plug in and say, okay, here's what we need you to do: go get the ball. Guy like Pat Chung, who I think is interesting, like that could be a Pat Chung role for him, where he's playing Chung's a little undersized, same type of thing, you know. So um, I like Wallace a lot, and he just he just has that Patriots feel to me, where he's a little bit. He's a little bit undersized. He's a little bit not as fast as everyone thinks. Not as not as athletic as everyone thinks he needs to be. But he just makes plays exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing with those. I mean, you get a guy from a power five school, especially like a Clemson, Alabama. Like you know, they're coming in matured and they're going to be polished. Right. They'll be able to be a quick learner just because they run pro pro systems down there. Yeah. Uh, but for my last guy to kind of round off the episode, guy I want to talk about Brandon Jones, six foot two hundred five out of Texas. Um, a really intriguing guy, and I, I guess doesn't really fit, not not as much as the other guys would in this system. But I, I found him very intriguing just because he's an all around football player. A little bit bigger, plays he's very thick, you know. Uh, great run stopper, great burst, very fast. I think he could run like a four 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 five at the safety. Um, the best part of his game is his physicality, his tracking speed. He gets downhill and just gets involved. Uh, he's a great zone defender with good ball skills. Like I said, strong football IQ that has the ability to jump and read the correct routes. Um, definitely stronger suited as a strong strong safety or a box defender, but did see some man coverage time in the slot and succeeded well. Uh, like I said, he's projected to run low to mid 4-4s, which is insane as a safety. Uh, yeah. Can run step for step with a lot of receivers he lines up against. 
That's why I think he can he can play man uh, play play uh man coverage out of the slot and run with a lot of those slot guys just because of his speed can go toe for toe with a lot of those guys. Uh, but overall, I mean, I like his game. You know, he brings a physical, a lot of size and speed to the game, gets involved in all phases of the game. One thing he was on the field every game, played 44 career games over four years, 232 tackles, 18 of them for loss and three picks, uh, has some special teams experience. Uh, played a lot of special teams the last two years for Texas. So kind of that do-it-all football player that, you know, like I said, doesn't really, a lot of his film doesn't stick out to you, but he's fast. He's around the ball. He seemingly just always makes the plays. And that's a guy that you can find in the middle of the rounds that right. you, you can work with and find a spot for him to play. Because like I said, he's a football player. Right. Well, you know, and and you see like questions about his lateral agility and things like that and how good he is as far as flexibility is concerned with opening his hips and everything else. But, but the one thing he brings is that downhill tackling. And we, I've seen, I feel like on all six guys, we've been talking about this, like downhill physicality, but like, that's, I mean, that's the game now though, too. That's right. It is. Yeah. All these RPOs and all this, all this stuff. Like you got to have a safety that can come down and and get in the box and make a play in the backfield. Because like, like I said, that's just the game. Safety's running four fours now. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what you need, you know, and a guy who's not afraid to not afraid of contact, but can run, you know. And I think all six of those guys fit this bill. And and I really think out of all the positions we do, I think that this is this is one where I think one of these six guys is gonna be taken by the pictures. I don't know which one's gonna be, but I just look at it and say, and again, for me, if you're asking me, I would love to see him either take Delpit or McKinney in the first round. I don't yes. know how I don't know how likely that is because I feel like they may not do that, but that's what I'd like for them to, for them to do. I mean, you remember some of the, some of the swings and misses they took on the second round, you know, with, um, we don't oh, have Jesus one right Christ. now. So yeah, they don't have a second round to so see you're right about that. But like and they 20, took, uh, I think it's 25 the out of the 55, 25 out of the 55 guys on the active roster were taken in rounds three to four. That's where they get their meat. And they got that's three crazy. thirds yeah. and I believe two or three fourths. And they got yeah. right now, obviously, you know, they haven't traded out yet or whatever. They have projected the 23, the 91, 97, 99. So they have four picks right now projected. Obviously, the compensatory picks don't come out right. until I think early April. They I projected so, yeah. four picks inside the top 100, or at least, right. you know, if not just outside. I yeah. think I, I would be shocked if they didn't pick a safety with one of those four picks, whether it's McKinney or Delpit in the first round, or some of these guys that can float around in the, in the meat of the draft in the three or four, uh, right. or, or like I said, th- those three picks, I think that's an area where they can find a good player that, that can make an immediate impact with all these guys right in the meat of the draft. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And so, so we'll see, you know, we, we will see and we'll, we'll, um, you know, just, just, I'm looking forward to the draft so much. I just can't wait for this whole, for the whole thing to happen. And again, these guys are really fascinating to me because they all bring that physicality. And, and not only that, but like when you look at the safeties and the safeties more so than almost any position, because like that's old school football where you see a guy come downhill and just murder someone. And you're like, oh my God, that's just, that's so awesome, you know? And then they run so yeah. damn fast. And you're like, this is just, this is great, you know? So you see the athletes. And the willingness to tackle and that stuff is great. And so, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing. Look at look at the difference he Fun made to in the watch. defense this year. Fun to watch, you know. Man. And so you, right? And so you look at it and say, if we could get a guy like that on our team, 
now all of a sudden the whole defense could be different. So, you know, and, and so that's, what's exciting about it. So we'll see. Um, we'll see, but that's our, that's our six guys. And uh, that's my prediction that one of those six guys is going to be taken by the Patriots this year. So we'll see, but that's my, prediction. and mine is that assuming they pick four times inside the top a hundred, that one of them will be a safety. That's my prediction. Yeah, I like it. So like we that. each got one. Hopefully there one of go. us is right. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll probably both be wrong, but you never know. <laughs> so, but anyways, well, guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. We're going to be doing uh, another position next week. We're not going to tell you what position it is, but we'll be doing another position next week. And we have, listen, we have a lot. Oh, wait, one. Th- oh, wait a second. Before we come on next week on Thursday, the NFL draft combine starts on Thursday next week. So big, big things coming along. Uh, and I, I just love when I get home from school cause I am a teacher, so I'm not in school still, but when I get home from school, I like to, I just throw one F on that work and it's got the combine on and the guys are running around and stuff. And like, you know, and, uh, and I just, I just throw it on in the background. I love having it on because I just think it's so interesting. So, um, so that's going to be going on next weekend, obviously. And after the combine, uh, I've been sliding into DMS nonstop, man. And we get some, uh, we get some people that are, that are, uh, that are lined up. So, um, you know, once the combine passes, it hopefully we'll have some, uh, we'll have some pretty good guests coming on for you. So, you know, talk, talk some draft. This has been a long, like I said, in the beginning of the, off, uh, beginning of the episode, a long, exhausting yeah. off season, but bear with us here. We're almost there. Tom Brady will figure out the news. I hope, I mean, really we'll know in less than a month, three weeks, and then yep. the, the draft's just under two months away. So mm-hmm. obviously the combine starts next week. So we're getting there, Patriots fans. You know, it's it's starting. We're, you know, uh, I just want this kind of this dry period to stop. But we're almost there. We, we almost made it. This long off season that we're not used to is finally almost over. Almost. We're almost there. Just almost. keep holding almost. on and keep, and keep listening to us. I mean, we still yep. got we still got shows coming out a few days a week. So, uh, you know, definitely keep tuned into the uh, Patriot Nation don't wait the Pat's pulpit podcast network. There you go. Like it. So anyways, it's been a lot of good shows. Hopefully you've been listening deep down the middle. They've they just released episode five. They've been doing a great job too. So uh, a welcome addition to the, to the squad. So anyways, thanks for listening guys. And we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week.